Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's To The Point podcast. I'm Jenny Scholick, the Associate Director of Audience Engagement at San Francisco Ballet, and I am your host for To The Point, the podcast that tells you all about San Francisco Ballet's season and performances. Today, we're talking about Program 5, Lyric Voices. We often think about ballet as a silent art form. Stories are told through music and movement and mime, but not through words. Although, all right, if we're going to be fair, that was less true prior to 1740s, but that is a podcast and a topic for another time. Anyway, usually ballets don't use words or lyrics to get their point across. But today we're actually going to be talking about three ballets that do, in fact, use language, or at the very least, music that contains lyrics, get it, lyric voices, to tell their stories. Trey McIntyre's Your Flesh Will Be a Great Poem, Christopher Wielden's Bound 2, and Yuri Posikoff's world premiere ballet, Two United in a Single Soul. In this episode, we're going to chat a bit about the creation of each ballet, give you some hints about what to look for, and even hear from some of the choreographers themselves. Sound interesting? All right, then let's get to the point. The three ballets on Lyric Voices do have a few similarities. They were each done to music with lyrics, as I have already said more than once, and they were all created right here in San Francisco on our very own dancers over the past two years. Flesh and Bound 2 were both made as part of our 2008 Unbound Festival, and Two United in a Single Soul was started just this past summer, and we're still putting finishing touches on it, even as I record here. But despite the fact that these three works were made in the same studios, on many of the same dancers, they're markedly different, likely because of how very different the three choreographers are from one another. Often in these episodes, I try to find links between artists, points of similarity, commenting on how they might all be influenced by George Balanchine, as an example. But in this case, I actually want to point out their differences, starting with Trey McIntyre, the choreographer of Your Flesh Will Be a Great Poem. Trey is really an all-American artist. He was born in Kansas and trained at North Carolina School of the Arts and Houston Ballet Academy before joining Houston Ballet under the direction of Ben Stevenson. That's where he also got his start as a choreographer, becoming Houston Ballet's first choreographic associate. In 2005, he founded the Trey McIntyre Project in Boise, Idaho. This company was unique in that it was a contemporary ballet company based not in a major metro area on a coast, but rather in a place that's not really known to be a dance hub. Well, during the 10 years that TMP was based there, Boise became a dance hub, thanks largely to Trey's company. The company folded in 2004 so that Trey could pursue other projects. He's really interested in photography and in film, and he's continuing to choreograph too, mostly freelance. His works often use pop music, and they use a kind of loose movement vocabulary that feels almost like what you'd get if you blended, let's say, ballet, contemporary dance, and the natural movements of young people walking through a city. So what is it? What is this ballet that he made for us for Unbound? What makes it different? Well, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what this work is. The title is taken from Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. The music is by singer-songwriter Chris Garneau. The story, episodic interludes that hang together more through mood than through plot, centers around Trey's grandfather, a tall athlete of a man who died before Trey ever got to know him. And the set... The set evokes a solar eclipse as a kind of portal through which we get to meet these various characters. For Trey, this was a really quick choreographic process. So let's hear him tell us about how he thinks about ballet and about this piece. You know, I think when I was a a young choreographer making my first works at Houston Ballet, um, my gut was to completely 
obliterate what those what those boundaries were. Um, and it was my uh, it was my boss Ben Stevenson at the time who really helped me ground that in the vocabulary of my classical uh, inheritance. Um, and um, it was interesting to see how liberating that could be in a, in a way because you know ballet technique is is is, is I guess the most perfect system I can think of for organizing all of this, what the body is. Um, and so in some ways it's like speaking articulately. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, using language well in the way that we nor- normally communicate. Um, so within that, um, to still, uh, innovate, um, and to still find what's new inside of that is the most exciting part. And that's the reason that I'm in it. Um, and I think the process for me always is being true to myself. Um, you know, all we, all we can ever have is our own life perspective. And I think um, for me, the more I can lean into that and the more I can kind of lay that bare and the more I can be honest with myself, even in ways that are uncomfortable. It's so funny, though, making this piece for San Francisco Ballet was in some ways the opposite because it happened so quickly. I mean, <clears throat> if I had really committed myself to using every hour in the day, I would have been done in the first week. And it was a piece that just needed to be said in one bold, emphatic statement, and there wasn't a lot of fussing along the way. And it didn't hurt that the dancers were incredible and really lovely to work with and with me every step of the way and so giving and generous and and ready to work every single day. And then I guess that brings us to what to look for. The ballet is bookended by two solos, made on company soloist Benjamin Fremantle. These solos provide the ballet's frame and structure, offering insight into this main character who appears in each episode. Movement-wise, Trey merges quirky, playful gestures with moments of stillness and introspection, borrowing some of the ballet's tone from the music. But it's also deeply, deeply heartfelt. The final solo for the main man is with a stool, like a little three-legged wooden stool. And it's quite long, making it a real challenge for the dancer tasked with this part. But it's somehow incredibly compelling. Um, with the movement really draws your eye in, and it seems to flow from one phrase to the next in this super organic, stunning way. The second ballet on the program is Bound 2 by Christopher Wielden. Although a lot of Christopher's career has taken place here in the U.S., he's a Brit born in Somerset. He trained at the Royal Ballet School, studying not only the big 19th century classical ballets, but also the 20th century British canon, created by artists like Frederick Ashton and Kenneth Macmillan, artists we don't see a lot of on this coast. And after a couple of years in the company of the Royal Ballet, Christopher made a big move, joining New York City Ballet. Now, City Ballet is the company that George Balanchine built alongside Lincoln Kirstein as his home for his super American, often abstract neoclassical choreography. It's quite different from the British School of Ballet. And Christopher had a long career there. And after retiring as a soloist with that company, he turned to choreography, becoming the organization's resident choreographer before leaving to start his own company in 2007. That company, called Morphoses, was folded into Miami City Ballet in 2012. All right. So I guess that Christopher and Trey have a few similarities in career trajectory, if not in movement language or style. Christopher has become a big name, even outside of the ballet world. He choreographed Smash Hit in American in Paris, which won a Tony or four, and toured through San Francisco in 2017. But ballet, and in a way, San Francisco ballet, was where he got his start. We were actually one of the first big ballet companies to commission his work. 
that first piece in 2000, Sea Pictures, made for our discovery program, was kind of a precursor to our New Works festivals. And that ballet became uh, his, you know, sort of first calling card here in San Francisco. Since then, Christopher has made 14 works on our company, including fan favorite full-length Cinderella and Within the Golden Hour, made for the 2008 New Works Festival. His new ballet, Bound 2, blends some of those ballet and non-ballet influences, using music by Keaton Henson and having the women dance in soft ballet slippers rather than in point shoes. And it takes on a rather heavy subject, our addiction to our phones and to technology. Bit apt for San Francisco. So that's kind of where Christopher's ballet begins, thinking about these questions of how our constant state of digital engagement affects our relationships and our psyches. And to do that, he literally has the dancers dance with their cell phones, a choice that really impacts the way the dancers move. Ballet is usually, or at least often, about connection, either between the dancers on stage or the dancers and their audience. But in Bound 2, they're inwardly oriented, fixated on technology in ways that change the line of their heads and necks, something we're all probably a little too familiar with, if my back pain is any indication. And also, as you're watching this ballet, note how when the dancers lose their phones, when they put them down, their movements change. They become more expansive and freer. Also watch for the way that Christopher moves his dancers through different kinds of groupings. There are some sections of the full cast, then they break apart into a pas de deux or a pas de trois, if you count the phone sometimes, or two pairs of women and two pairs of men, or a solo or another pas de deux. These sections of the ballet take the viewer on a journey from this time when we're all devoted to our technology to a kind of past before we had this technology and then back into our disconnected present. And finally, the final ballet on the program is by San Francisco favorite choreographer-in-residence Yuri Posakov. Our third choreographer is neither American nor British, but Russian, trained at the Bolshoi Ballet Academy in Moscow. Upon graduation, he danced for the Bolshoi Ballet for 10 years and then joined the Royal Danish Ballet. He came to San Francisco as a principal dancer in the company in 1993 and performed here for 12 years, during which time he began to work as a choreographer as well. His works push ballet outside the boundaries of the form, often bringing together diverse multimedia elements alongside music and dance, and often playing with story and with narrative. San Francisco audiences should think of his Raku or Swimmer. Recently, he's also made several full-length ballets, including Don Quixote for the Joffrey Ballet, A Hero of Our Time and Nureyev for the Bolshoi Ballet, and a new Nutcracker just this past year for Atlanta Ballet. Two United in a Single Soul is based on the myth of Narcissus, and like Yuri's other works, this is going to be a can't-miss event. He blends Greek myth, Baroque music, and classical ballet to create a visual spectacle worthy of its inspiration. The music is composed by fellow Russian Daria Novo, who has arranged a variety of Handel arias into a new soundscape. The selected arias were written for castrati and now sung by countertenors. You'll get to see a great young countertenor on stage with the dancers, adding another dimension, another visual dimension to this elaborate work. In this ballet, you'll want to keep an eye out for the dualities that appear throughout. Notice the mirror imagery. The myth of Narcissus is about a man who falls in love with his own reflection in a lake and, unable to tear himself away, is transformed into a flower. And notice, too, the contrast between modern and ancient, classical dance and contemporary music, between dancer and singer. 
And that is Lyric Voices. In addition to these podcasts, don't forget to check out our popular Meet the Artist podcast as well. We should be posting interviews with various artists involved in these productions soon. And you can find those on our website or in any podcasting app, including Apple Podcasts and the Google Play Store. Hit subscribe and you will get our episodes downloaded as soon as they're posted. In addition, please do leave us a review in the iTunes store or on Apple Podcasts. That's really helpful um, in surfacing these podcasts in search results and letting other people find us. We also, of course, love to hear from you on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. We are at SF Ballet. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you at the Opera House very soon. Bye.